Uh, we have a number of folks that are going to say some things. Um, so I'll just start, um, and then uh, we'll hear from other folks as well. I want to start by saying that Shake the Lake this year, I think, was an exemplary event right up until the final moments. Um, our, I, uh, our partners, our team, um, the folks in police and fire and uh, many other city staff did an incredible amount of preparation um, and really thought about every contingency, all different types of threats, um, and all of the ways in which um, we try to manage risk that comes along with an event like this. Um, so I am uh, proud of the work that the city team did um, and thankful for all of their efforts. Um, unfortunately, uh, right at the end, of course, we did have a very large problem. Um, but even so, I think we had a very effective response um, and that folks were moved to safety quickly. The incident was contained. Um, our, again, police and fire responded rapidly and effectively to it. So, um, of course, we never want to have a shooting in the city of Madison. We never want a gun fired um, in anger. Um, but given that it happened, I think that our response to it was um, a good one. Um, what I would like to do today is um, the chief will talk a little bit about um, overall uh, our preparedness, the incident, um, what we're doing moving forward. Um, we have some folks here uh, perhaps to answer questions, and then I have a, a few other things that I'd like to say. So, Chief, I'll turn it over to you. Well, thank you for coming this afternoon. One of the things that uh, you'll find on our part of our value system for the Madison Police Department is that we're constantly committed to the notion of continuous improvement. So the fact of the matter is, is that whenever we have an event or an incident, particularly events of this sort of scope and magnitude, we're constantly doing after-incident reviews to see how, what went well and how can we possibly improve the experience and the safety for recurring events. So literally within hours of this event's conclusion, they're already, because I'm seeing the emails, I'm already seeing information going out to department division heads, partnerships, and even the practitioners in the field are asked because they're sort of the boots on the ground. What did you like and what do you think we could improve? And we've done that for all of our major events, whether it be the unsanctioned Mifflin event or whether it be Freak Fest. And in this case, this is one of our third largest, and it's always been a phenomenal experience for a lot of families. So we're doing the same thing, and we will continue to sort of synthesize that information as we get this feedback and see how is it that we can improve on the physical adaptations or the way people are processed or siphoning in or siphoning out and things like that. What I can tell you, though, in terms of the mayor um, made some mention of the preparedness, is it's, it literally fills a very thick three-ring binder with the amount of contingency details that go into planning this. Well before, uh, we're already working with how will this affect our metro lines? How will this affect traffic engineering? How will this affect uh, the lighting in, in conditions of movement of pedestrian and vehicular traffic? All of those things have to be anticipated and, and are. 
One of the things that we also do is that as we get closer to the event, we're constantly doing networking with state and federal authorities, as well as our own intelligence, to see are there any tangible or more covert threats that would suggest through social media platforms or other intelligence sources that there's anything we have to pay particular heed to. Now, I'm probably not going to be in a position to share a lot of the largesse of our logistical uh, deployments, but I will say, literally, in an instance like this, we have every contingency covered, whether it be by air, land, or literally by sea, because we would have Dane County Sheriff's boats out there as well. So we are doing an awful lot because we have additional eyes and opportunities to looking at what's happening on the global stage. So, for example, uh, when we saw some unfortunate terrorist acts in Europe a couple of years ago, we're constantly using experiences like that or the experience in Las Vegas in terms of saying what can we learn from other agencies in other venues to sort of better prepare ourselves and our community for whatever could occur. And so based on some of those things from the European experience, for example, is that some people will see that as we cordoned off from Blair to, uh, to Broom Street on that segment of John Nolan, you literally have physical concrete barriers. And you would have probably seen a uniform presence, some of which had uh, sling rifles to make sure that we're doing a lot of observing, watching, and deterring. Now, uh, as the mayor also referred to, any event, uh, especially of this caliber, is going to be an exercise of risk management. And I think that with your level of preparation, we're trying to mitigate and minimize that risk as best we can, while also appreciating and respecting those individual rights of privacy and are we overextending that experience for people who just want to basically come down to the lake, enjoy some music, enjoy the opportunity to spread a blanket out with family members and friends, and watch one of the Midwest's most spectacular fireworks expeditions. So you're constantly looking at those balancing. But I can assure you that from a staffing standpoint, only moments after this occurred, we had tactical contingents in place that had never been used before and were glad that we were prepared and had them available for this because that was, a, that was able – because of that presence, we were able to confine and curtail the crime scene as well as reroute people away from the scene and continue to facilitate the movement of traffic away from potentially harm's way. So at this point, we're thinking that what we will continue to do, as we always do, is take that feedback that we get from practitioners, from partners, as well as other independent sources who follow such things as ours, and we'll look at our template and we'll see, are there instances where we could improve? No doubt we always will. But I also am very pleased to see the mayor say, and I will underscore that, is that in this instance, we had prepared very well in advance, and the postscript, I think, went very well considering the circumstances of darkness, a lot of people, all a little bit congested right after the show was ending. And so I'm pleased that we didn't have uh, more reported injuries or anything like that. Clearly, um, we're all alarmed when anybody is put at risk, but I also think that that risk was uh, contained and controlled in a relatively short measure of time. Okay. Thank you, Mayor.
All right, so as you can see, uh, I think that the Madison Police Department and other city uh, agencies uh, go to pretty extraordinary lengths to prepare for a wide variety of emergencies. The sad truth is that uh, there is a broad proliferation of handguns in our country and right here at home in Madison. Um, And that creates the potential for armed individuals to introduce themselves into any public event. Unfortunately, state law presently prohibits cities from creating gun control laws that are more restrictive than existing state law. So working with the established legal framework that we are allowed, and let me be clear, I would like to be able to do more. I would like to be able to control guns in our city more. But the state does not give us that option. So working within our established legal framework, there were a number of steps in place for this weekend's event that were attempting to minimize the likelihood of weapons violence. As mayor, I am absolutely committed to maintaining a healthy balance of community accessibility and freedom with the need for safety and security. While the potential for violence with or without weapons always exists, we as a community do not want to give up our ability to hold public celebrations. So there are a number of things that I think we will look at going forward, both for this event next year, but also for other large public events in Madison. Um, The after-action review process that the chief referenced is just one example of my commitment to using data um, and continuous improvement as part of our performance excellence process. So we will look very carefully at what happened um, and, as the chief said, both what went well and what didn't and what we can do better in the future. At the end of the day, there were... 20 to 25,000 people um, in what we describe as the event zone. Um, And there were very, very few problems. So out of 20, 25,000 people, we had maybe a handful of folks um, that were causing trouble. And to me, I try and keep that perspective um, because what that means is that most of the folks here in the city of Madison are just living their lives and going out with their families, watching the fireworks, having a good time, headed home again. And it's only a very small number of folks that are causing trouble. Um, We will be looking specifically at what this event looks like in the future. Um, And uh, that's not something that we're prepared to make any decisions on in the short term. Um, but we will be having a much broader conversation, again, both about this event and other large events in the city of Madison. That's all we have. Uh, We'll take a few questions if folks have them. Mayor, was there ever any consideration for this event, this would be for the chief as well, uh, at any time, at looking at structuring the security in such a way as to allow wanding for metal detection? Again, one of the things you have to understand or appreciate is that um, the wanding certainly could have been a deterrent or could be a deterrent in future events. 
However, we consider, in terms of the vernacular of our field, this to be a very poorest perimeter in the sense that literally you have traffic taking place, bikes, pedestrians, everybody has access to this area within a few hours of the gates opening. So even if you're doing that very labor-intensive one-on-one, that's not to suggest that given how many portals of entry there are and that people could have had before the event, a day or two, an hour before it was closed down, you could have just as easily have hidden a gun somewhere in the shrubbery or the bushes or someone, and all the wanding would have notwithstanding would have not prevented the access to the weapon. So this is very different than a contained, uh, 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 like when we're coming up on the next series of presidential uh, campaigners coming through, Wisconsin being a swing state. Very different feel, for example, when someone says, we want to use a local theater downtown. In that instance, uh, you have dogs checking it out. And by the way, we had dogs checking out this entire venue beforehand as part of our precepts of getting ready to turn over a safe zone. But then once they've cleaned the inside of a theater, it's locked out. Nobody gets in, nobody gets out, and you can manipulate the environment. In here, on an open-air forum like that, you can't ever really have more than a sort of illusory sense of a barrier because people can transgress it in so many different directions. Is that an issue for the two of you? I think any time we look yes. at the cost-benefit analysis of what's worthy of individual rights of privacy versus what's in the well-being of all the yeah. attendees, absolutely, right, I would right. agree. That's the balance. Don't go far. I'm sure they have other questions for uh, you. <laughs> You would like to be able to do more in terms of gun legislation. What specifically are you advocating for? Well, so my first choice would be for the federal government to take the lead here um, and to enact common-sense gun reform that would require background checks and licensing, um, control the gun show loophole, uh, and to restrict the types of weapons. There's no need for for military-style weapons to be available to our residents. Um, Failing that... If the state were able to give us back some measure of control here and return local control, I think we would be looking at a, that list of things of what we can do locally. So was this specifically a city event that you feel like, you know, that that could have helped if you had local control in order to regulate guns? You no, know, I think that the issue here is that uh, the proliferation of guns, in my view, comes from lax gun laws. And so we see more on our streets and in our society because of the failure of the federal government to take the lead on this. Um, And so we can only do what we can. Weapons were – let us be clear. Weapons were not allowed at this event, right? So – and that's – it was posted and – but as the chief said, that's very hard to control in an open-air environment like this. Um, How many uh, law enforcement personnel were down there and how many private security personnel were down there? Well, again, without getting into the hard numbers for tactical reasons, I can tell you that between the City of Madison Police and Fire Department and the Dane County Sheriff Deputies, there were literally hundreds of law enforcement personnel that were cited for this specific event. And that does not include all of the private privatized security that was also there to help. Do you know anything more about that? Have you talked to Big Top or what? Yeah, they are part of our post-incident debrief. Yep. Mayor, I want to go back to your original statement. For this event, it was really scary for a lot of people. There. Absolutely. There were people, you know, going over their children to protect them after the gunshots. Your initial statement and your tweet as well brought up 
maybe trying to change state laws from local control. I guess why did you take that tone, you know, 12 hours just after a really horrific event for many families? Because exactly then is when we need to be talking about the problem of guns. Right? It is unacceptable to say after a piece of gun violence that we shouldn't be talking about changing policy. We need to change policy in this country to make sure that fewer people have access to guns. And there is no time limit on that. That's something that we have to be talking about all the time. I understand that this was a very frightening event for a number of people, and I'm very sympathetic to that. That's exactly why we have to talk now about what our country has to do to get a handle on gun violence because it is terrifying for people and because we cannot wait to demand that our laws change. I'll try again on the security question. You don't know how many people Big Top had there or what their security layout was? I think it's what the chief is saying is that it's important for us to not talk about specific numbers for tactical reasons. So did Big Top have private security there, though? They were part of the inboarding as people were coming through portals of conventional entry, yes, and checking bags and purses and things like that. Mayor, Chief Kyle, Freak Fest, there was at you, one time had a chance. Let's venue. go over here. Chief Koval, are you guys still looking for this shooter? Yes, we are. And, uh, the fact of the matter is it is an ongoing investigation, and uh, we were hoping to get more cooperation from immediate affected parties of interest, and hopefully over time, We'll hear some more information in the wind and or through informed sources. That's typically how these things go. So, And, of course, anyone in the, the community that may have been getting this on their cell phone or want to call anonymously, our Crime Stoppers line, we'd be ever so grateful for anything that could be passed along. But you don't have a suspect. No, and the fact of the matter is on the gun that was recovered, we obviously are hopeful that we will get some DNA traces, if that DNA relates back to someone that's in a current database that'll be very helpful, but that takes some time, as you know. So you did recover the gun? Yes, we recovered a gun. It was on the scene there? It was at the scene. And then the person, like, tossed it? I don't know if it was tossed or if it was dropped or how, but I know we recovered a gun and a number of shell casings. a handgun? Handgun. And, Chief, some of those combatants, were they taken into custody? Eyewitnesses say they saw an arrest taking place proximate to the shooting scene and also in proximate time frame. So were some of the people involved in what's described in the incident report as a fight between two groups, were some of them taken into custody, and is that a resource? Again, the problem is when we were detaining people who were associated with the point of origin of the confrontation, it's difficult to understand who's with whom, particularly with their lack of cooperation or being willing to divulge more. There were some outstanding charges which probably resulted in arrests, and which is why people made an assumption that we had literally cleared this arrest, uh, this incident by an arrest, but those were on tangential charges, not directly related to the incident in hand. But the theory you have is still that these were people who knew each other, there was yes. some kind of dispute among them. Absolutely. Do you believe this, this should be a gated event in the future? I don't think we're ready to draw any conclusions about what this event will look like in the future or, frankly, other events. Um, again, we want to make sure that we really take the time to do the post-incident review um, gather all of the information that we need and make really informed decisions going forth. Mayor, on the, on the gun question, I mean, we don't, if you don't know who the suspect was or how, how they had the gun, and how would you know what gun laws would be needed to stop that sort of thing? Again, point? my point is that there is a proliferation of guns in our society that are due to our lax gun laws. And so the fewer guns we have on the street, the less gun violence we're going to have. So 
as you work to amp up these gun laws, obviously it takes time to go through legislature and all of that. What is the immediate takeaway? What can we do right now because of this event to prevent, for instance, the Dane County Fair coming up? Do we have Okay, again, what we're doing is learning from this event, right? I think that we did an incredible job going, going into the event to be prepared, and I think that our response time, despite gun violence, which nobody wants at an event, I think that our response time is really good. So we are going to learn from this event. Um, and, uh, you know, the Dane County Fair is not something that's in our control. You want to talk to the county executive about that. Um, but I do think that we, of course, will be willing to share everything that we've learned with other law enforcement agencies and other bodies of government um, and make sure that to the extent that we can, that we are mitigating the risk at all large public events in the city of Madison. I'd go one step further as well. I agree with everything the mayor just mentioned, but I also think that we need to have everybody feel to some extent uh, deputized to be an extra set of eyes and ears for us as they see conflict occurring. We have so many officers at these events, you literally probably have to walk about 15 yards at max and just say, hey, I'm a little concerned about a skirmish I see, a conflict over there. Uh, we try to be as omnipotent as we can to all these things and have a very high profile with uniformed people, but to the extent that in real time people are also sort of cueing us if there's something we're not seeing in real time and if we can be preemptive, that's all the better. Um, unfortunately, one of the things that the mayor's mentioned too is that uh, after I've been in this for 36 years, I've now seen the needle turn. What was historically things or skirmishes or confrontations that were resolved with fists are now resolved with guns. And that goes to her point about the prevalency of, of, of weapons. We have so many conflicts that are being resolved at the barrel of a gun these days that uh, in the past, when I was a young copper in 83, would have been a fist fight. Not anymore. Chief, was there any opportunity for your personnel to uh, provide any information to these hundreds of people who were running from the scene to at least make people aware uh, of where they should go or whether the threat was generally uh, contained? Again, there may not have been that opportunity, but what can you tell us about that? It was less than ideal, but usually, you know, folks being creatures of the human condition and observation, when you see cops running to the point where they hear shots and the people are naturally running en masse away from it, the officer did a good job of redirecting and creating paths. And, and luckily, there was sufficient lanes in that uh, area that people could go through there without literally finding themselves cut off or trampled like we might have seen in the containment problem at uh, the Michigan game for the UW football game years ago. And again, I think that's due to the preparation, right, and the planning that the team did going in, that right. there were places that folks could quickly exit the scene mm -hmm. that we had planned for. At the time of the shooting, there were twenty to 25,000 people at, like at the peak of the event, event. yeah. In the, in the tunnel below where, where it happened, that was part of the event space? Three of the inmost lanes would have been sort of space for entertainment tent. Backstage. Beverage vendors. But there's three lanes that were sort of in the back area that allows for a thoroughfare and one lane for emergency vehicle access. Is that access. where the shooting happened, or was it within the lanes nearer to the lake? It was on the curtilage closest to what would have been the country western stage on the east end or east a part of the, closer to the Blair Pavilion page as opposed to the Rock Stars page. 
Chief, you mentioned uh, something about the tactical uh, contingents that have never been used before. Can you just explain more about what those were? Well, I can just talk briefly. Uh, obviously, we have learned from international and national issues. So we have tactical people that are trained in SWAT. We have counterterrorism uh, teams that are ready and assembled and staged. We obviously have unmanned aircraft systems that are also hovering. So there's a lot of mechanisms that are at play that historically uh, you wouldn't have even seen uh, years ago. And unfortunately, we have a learning curve. As we learn from the tragedies around us and worldwide, we try to see what we can incorporate into our repertoire of keeping people safe. All right. That's, I, I, I think we'll take one more question. Have you spoken to state lawmakers at all about, you know, kind of what this, the tone that you struck in that original statement? Uh, so I think there are a number of state legislators that know how I feel about this, um, but we will be talking to them again uh, as we go forward. Okay, so, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thank you all very much.